The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with your host, Ann Holiday. Ayurveda and yoga are often poorly understood, and there are many misconceptions about them. According to Ayurveda and Yoga is a series of shows on the concepts of this ancient knowledge of life and consciousness presented in a way which is easy to understand. Now, here is Ann Holiday. Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. This is your host, Ann Holiday. Ayurveda means the science of life, and yoga is to unite. And the aim of this 13-week series of programs has been to introduce the concepts of this ancient philosophy and to demonstrate how it can be applied to all aspects of life today. Even though these philosophies were written thousands of years ago, long before Western civilization, the same fundamental principles still apply to human life on the earth today. The answers to all life's questions lie in this philosophy, and I truly believe that if we as humans, regardless of creed, race, or color, lived by these principles, perhaps we would have a chance at peace and harmony with each other and with the earth on which we live. As John Lennon said, imagine. Today's program on subtle therapies is the last of this series and actually the only one in which we talk about Ayurveda treatments. There are many subtle therapies around today, Uh, Reiki, color therapy, gem therapy, acupuncture, acupressure, and marma therapy, and of course yoga are all based on this philosophy, which recognizes the subtle nature of, of human nature. Many thousands of years ago, they recognized this. We can only cover a few aspects in this program, a few therapies, and I feel privileged to have my guest today, Sonia Masoko, to discuss this with us. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you, Anne, and thank you for having me on the program. Sonia is a phytotherapist, right? That is correct. Would you explain to listeners what a phytotherapist is? Well, in phytotherapy, what we do is we use plant matter in various forms. So we use herbs as cut and sifted or roots. We use uh, distillates. We use tinctures. We use essential oils. But we also use essences and also just the um, energetics of plant matter. So phytotherapy encompasses everything that is in the plant world and in terms of true plant matter as well as isolates. So you take the herb as a whole and use it we take the- in different forms and then you also take the essential aspects, uh, the active ingredients as well. Absolutely. Right? Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Um, Let's talk about uh, subtle therapists because, of course, the therapy that you do is essentially for, is subtle therapy, isn't it? Yes. Is the use of these plants. Correct. You know, so it is very easy to find many people that are using plants. But I must say, in Ayurveda, there is a different way of looking at plant matter and the qualities of plant matter. And so not only the people have qualities, but then also the plant have qualities. In phytotherapy, we marriage these, we make a marriage of these two qualities and find what is the right aspect for the person. So in the various Ayurvedic therapies, one of the most common ones, for example, is Shirodhara. 
and Shirodhara is the continuous flow of oil to the third eye. Now, this is actually done to restore functional integrity within the mind and body, and it leads to inner peace. And really, it also heals injuries to these points, which are points of immunity, metabolic function, and life force. So by using the proper substance on, the, on a specific point, we can achieve different things. Now, Shiradhara is, it actually means oil on the head, doesn't it? Yes, it's actually coming. Pouring on the head. Pouring. It's coming down as a stream. Uh, So basically, the oil is actually in a vessel, and it's normally typically warm, and is pouring on a stream, normally on the third eye, but it also can be fluctuating between one temple and the other. But the shirodara, shiro specifically means head, dara means poor, but this dara actually can be done also to other parts of the body. And other points, yes. Yes, Yes, and actually in in, uh, Kerala, where I was, they they didn't use warm oil, It it was body temperature oil, it was cool. Right. And in fact, depending on the season, uh, depending on the person's condition, the, the, the substances can be absolutely different within the drip system. So, and also when I was in India, they were using it to, to treat mental illness. Oh, uh, what kinds of conditions do you use Shiradhara for? Absolutely. Uh, Shirodhara can be used for mental illness and also it is used to balance the central nervous system. So there can be anytime there are hormonal imbalances, anytime there is stress, anxiety, insomnia, vertigo, loss of hearing, ringing in the ears, afflictions of the sense organs, and even herpes outbreaks, these conditions are actually indications for Shiradhara. Yes, because it balances and calms the nervous system, doesn't it? Yes. Because that's a central point for the nervous system. Right. It quiets the mind, balances the nervous system, and really restores that functional integrity of mind and body. And... Um, about the medication, you, do you ever medicate the oil? Oh, absolutely. Depending on what is happening, let's say that if somebody is having uh, essential tremors, we might be making an oil preparation which might include uh, herbs like uh, kapikachu, which is a mukuna pruriens, uh, atmagupta also, uh, or a witania somnifera, which is ashwagandha. And so we would make a medicated preparation and then apply that medicated preparation for the shiradhara treatment. If someone instead is having um, too much heat in the body, instead of making a preparation in an oil base, we might be making a preparation in a milk base. Base, yes. So, so we, we, we're basically changing the substances according to the specific condition of the person and also in regard to the season outside. Because most likely if it's a cloudy day or if it's a cold day, we will not use the milk or the yogurt, uh, but we would prefer to use an oily, an oil-based substance. Yes, I've uh, many listeners may have heard of shiradhara as used in a in a spa setting. Yes, uh, one time, uh, but its real benefit, and I'd want to emphasize this, is a part of a of a whole panchakarma treatment which uh, would include Shiradhara, and it has far uh, benefits far beyond just uh, making you feel better, right? Absolutely. Also, unfortunately, one of the things that we usually don't see spas doing is taking note of the contraindications to Shiradhara. So, you know, not everybody can receive a Shiradhara. If somebody is confused or is depressed or has intoxication, 
or is actually pregnant, they should not be receiving this type of treatment. And unfortunately, you know, in the spa industry, everything goes. And sometimes they're not doing these checks to see if this is uh, the right person for this type of treatment. Yes, we were talking about that in our in the beauty program last week about um, that the difference between an Ayurvedic spa and a and an ordinary spa is that the spa determines the type of treatment that you're going to have versus an, an ordinary spa. You go in and you pick out the treatment that you want. So uh, that that's an interesting, I think, a very important thing to remember when we go in for these treatments. Correct. And, and, and really being cautious uh, of these uh, contraindications because they yes. otherwise lead to increased anxiety or increased lethargy or increased anger. And those are things that we don't really want. Exactly. It's a contraindication. So um, you, uh, uh, I know that you have specialized also in uh, essential oils Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd like to talk, start talking about that a little bit now. I've been to many of your lectures, by the way, and I have found them to be very, very helpful in my own use of essential oils. But um, I would just like to bring up here that I have been quite concerned, especially over the last few years, about the extensive availability of essential oils or products on the market sold as essential oils as a means of treatment for various diseases. And I really don't believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that there is enough knowledge in the use of um, just as a as a product to buy over the counter to be used as recommended. Do you have any um, thoughts on that? Oh, I have plenty of thoughts on this. I you know, you I'm might. so opinionated. <laughs> I'm half Italian, so I'm very opinionated on things. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, you can join the English on that one. <laughs> you know, it's been 20 years that I've been working with essential oils. And I must say, I started working with essential oils when I was in Hong Kong uh, back in the day. Now, um, Back in the day, there was the iTech, so you would have to, you know, do your iTech examination console to become an aromatherapist. And then I did some medical aromatherapy training. And after the medical aromatherapy training, I realized how potent and how actually complex, concentrated chemicals these are. And I realized that this is truly the highest form of plant medicine. That said, we don't necessarily always need to use such a potent form of medicine, which actually also detracts from the the planet because it takes so much plant matter to make an essential oil that it's really not sustainable uh, to be using it as if it would be water. So... Usually, my my rule of thumb is what you can cure, cure with food, because that's an activity that you do every day. You have to eat. So if you use food as medicine, that's the best thing. Second, you can use herbs as a tea or as a tincture or as a, as a pill. Well, in, in, in this case, we're not using kilos of plant matter. We're just using a few leaves at a time. In the moment that we start using essential oil, this is almost like using a pharmaceutical drug. And yes. not everybody needs a pharmaceutical drug. Furthermore, by the rate of absorption of the essential oil, these are all going to be endocrine disruptors at some level. And also, we're always going to put an extra stress on liver and kidneys, which are the method of detoxification from this essential oil. So somebody already debilitated in liver and kidney doesn't necessarily need to be ingesting or smelling even too much essential oil. So yes, there's much to be said. And you you know, I distill as well. And because I distill, I can tell you it takes so much plant matter to even have 5 ml of essential oil. And this is way more than plant matter than you would consume in a year if you would be making teas. So realistically, each drop of essential oil 
if you can think about it in, in, in the view of lemons, which is a very easy picture, you know, one drop of essential oil of lemon would be the equivalent of putting six lemons inside of your drink. Now, who, who in their good mind would do that? So realistically, uh, yes, I am quite concerned, and I do think it's an abusive practice. And I also think that as stewards of the earth, we should not be really promoting the eradication of plant matter for personal consumption of essential oil. Exactly, and it shouldn't be sold just ad lib like it is. I just wanted to add um, essential oils were first used as fragrances, weren't they? They, At least that's when it first came over to the West. The French and the British used it. And and they made perfumes. That They, they were perfumes. So you know how little, a very tiny, tiny amount of <clears throat> perfume that you use for that fragrance. Right. And that, and, and it's, they're just very, very small amounts. And I, and I and just want to reiterate what you just said about the amount of um, matter, like roses, for instance, the number of um, petals that are required to make it just a little tiny amount. I've seen films on it and it's just extraordinary. Oh, I don't have to see films because I just... <laughs> you know it, yes. I know it. And frankly, I, you know, even though I have a, a collective of eight rose bushes, I never have enough plant matter for one distillation. So I end up freezing the plant matter day after day until I have sufficient to make a distillation. And really, we don't really get very much essential oil out of it. So in fact, I distill for hydrosol only. So uh, I distill for the hydrolat. The hydrolat is considered a 0.01% in power of an essential oil. However, it's safe. This is definitely safer for human consumption and or for external application. And also a lot of uh, so-called essential oils on the market are actually chemicals, aren't they? They are well, like a, yeah. You know, actually, I I was reading a book by Mandy Aftel, who's brilliant, and she's written a number of books on uh, her latest book is Fragrant, on the history of essential oil in, in perfumery. And it is very true that it's, we started using essential oils originally in perfumery, and then the perfumery industry realized that isolates kept the scent better in time, plus were clear. So most of the things that you find out in the perfume world today are pure isolates, not even using the essential oil anymore. And then you have different types of qualities of the essential oil itself. So if we take a geranium, for example, you will have an essential oil of geranium, which might be organic of flowering tops only. Or you could find a geranium that is not organic, and not, not only do they take the flowering tops, but also the stems and the leaves. So now the quality is quite different. The distribution of chemical components is quite different. And so you might be having a different effect from what you wanted initially. And this is not only in, in the physiological, but also in a mental, emotional uh, aspect. Yes, yes, it's a very interesting subject. Um, we don't have a lot of time, so I want to right. talk a little bit about mama therapy, uh, Sonia. <laughs> yeah. um, I, it's very similar to to the um, unattuned ear to acupuncture and acupressure. Uh, would you like to explain how mama is different okay. to acupuncture or acupressure, I should say? Right. Well, acupuncture and acupressure work along the meridian lines. And the meridian lines, these are according to Chinese medicine, and Chinese medicine has different five elements. The marma therapy, which will actually have even this pressure, so you can call it you know, some people... It's very similar from that point of view, isn't it? Very similar from that point of view. These points are different. These are considered marma points. Marma is considered a, a unity of point between immunity, 
metabolic function and life force. So by actually putting pressure on, on some specific points, there are 108 according to Shushruta Samhita, uh, you would actually have increased immunity, a better metabolic function, and increased life force. Now, depending on their location, they will actually also have different type of indications. It is quite different from the acupressure because acupressure points will be specific to one organ or one meridian, while the marma points actually refer not only to the energy within the body, but also to energy around and surrounding the body. So in, in fact, marma, the acupressure is just one way of addressing a marma, uh, but the marmas can actually be addressed also in, in other ways. Okay. Normally, normally the, the marma therapy is going to be helping imbalances of mind if there are issues with lymph, if there are issues with digestive disorders. Um, and it basically, it, it's truly one of the easiest therapies uh, to perform, but not to learn. It's actually quite complex to learn because there are these different points that can do different things. And by applying different substances to these points, we can have different results. So truly, it is an art. It is an art, yes. And the results that I've seen have just been dramatic, especially for neuromuscular diseases like MS and ALS and those kinds of diseases. It's extremely uh, effective. Absolutely. Yes, I've seen some remarkable things. So I am sorry, uh, Sonia, that we didn't have longer to talk today. Uh, so we're having to get ready now for a short break. But I would like to ask you if there's anything you would like to add to this conversation today on subtle therapy. Well, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to share my knowledge with the public. Um, and there, there is one thing is, um, I had written a chapter in, and now we've just issued the second edition to the modalities for massage and bodywork. So this is a book by Elaine, Elaine Stillerman. And it's Elsevier is the publisher. And there's a lot of information about the various different subtle therapies, including Reiki, uh, Ayurvedic therapies, polarity, and more. So maybe some of our listeners might be interested in picking up this book. It is quite wonderful, and it covers a variety of different types of therapies and they're great exercises and there's also an online component where people can actually practice uh, their, what they've learned through reading these chapters. So is that available on Amazon because I can, yes. we can put a connection it to it on my website? It is absolutely available on Amazon. Yes. Uh, it's, so you send me that and I'll put it on the website okay. uh, on your name. Excellent. Not a problem. Yes. Yes. So thank you very much indeed, Sonia. I do appreciate your uh, willingness to come and talk to us today. It has been very informative and I am sorry that it is so short because we could certainly talk for many, many more hours on this subject. I appreciate <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. And after the break, my second guest today will be Dr. Acharya Gemini from India. Dr. Gemini is a PhD in music and his instrument is the sitar. He plays in the background of my shows during the breaks and he will be playing today. So you will hear him in a few minutes. Dr. Gemini has developed a special technique for the treatment of mental disorders using particular sitar musical arrangements and is well known in psychiatric circles for his work in this area. So we will find out much more about music therapy after a short break. Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to talking to you some more, Sonia. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The 
according to Ayurveda and Yoga Global Community, welcomes you to join the conversation at ataytv.com, where you can share your experiences of holistic health, ask questions, make comments, and write blogs. It is through ataytv.com that professional members committed to bringing authentic knowledge to the world can connect with you. Material from Ate Radio shows are also available. ataytv.com. Visit ataytv.com today. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Karala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with Anne Holiday. If you have questions or comments about our program, we would like to hear from you. Please contact us via email to info at ataytv.com. That's info at ataytv.com. Now, back to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. This program that we're doing is on Ayurvedic therapies, on subtle therapies. And I was very interested in the research and the work that you have done over the years on music therapy, which is something that's quite new to us in the West. I've heard of it um, in various places, but you've really taken it to a whole different level to my mind. So now tell me, how does it work? Actually, music therapy is uh, uh, basically is a called name is the Nadi Yoga. Nadi Yoga. yoga. So you're working yeah, on the subtle yeah, energies yes, yes, of the yes, body. Energy. And is the relaxation of the mind. And actually, uh, uh, the many ragas in Indian classical music. I'm used to prepare some ragas. Ragas so, now. Yeah. Ragas are uh, like chants, aren't yeah, they, yes, from yes, the yes, yeah. ancient yeah. Indian yeah, practice? Yeah. And uh, is the problems of the sleeping, uh, sometimes people are not proper sleeping and some make tensions. So it's Many very effective for... Yeah, Indian classical music yeah. and I am mixing some notes of the Surti notes and that is very effective. What very effect for in the and uh, is nervous system and mind and many things. So is uh, uh, music therapy is practically this, suppose is a, uh, this is a, any patient uh, is a problem and is uh, uh, is very uh, in the pain in head. So he- I headaches. Headaches and sometimes yeah. so I give some proper proper music for like this. So there's a special kind of vibration, isn't there? That, yes, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. That you get from the sitar yeah, that yeah. you wouldn't get from yeah, really yeah. any other instrument. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you you mentioned that you use it for headaches and tension and <coughs> insomnia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These types of yeah. uh, conditions. Do you use it uh, for more serious mental illness, like uh, you know schizophrenia yeah, 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 sure, or any? Sure. Sure. Any kind of mental yeah. disturbance. Yeah, is the first is the case history. I'm reading is is a problem history. Then after doctor support, then after music therapy and do working proper for 20 minutes listening the music, and automatically automatically is uh, is better feel. And I have some tonics also raga tonics. 
So you and use yeah, like all, yeah, normally, tonic yes. <laughs> good healthy tonics then yeah. is very uh, good for health. So is uh, time to time is listening and uh, some uh, but is careful carefully for listening for not driving time sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And I think what's very interesting about Dr. Acharya's work is that he's actually done some research on on his music therapy where he takes the pulse reading yeah. And he can actually uh, monitor changes in the in the whole psych, psych of the patient, as 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 the stress and the music, even over a short period of time, like a twenty minute yeah, uh, yeah. session. That there is there is considerable amount of uh, reduction in the heart rate and in the blood pressure. So that you can actually measure the effects of yeah, yeah. these of this music therapy, which I think is actually yeah, yeah, remarkable, because there's no uh, medication necessary. It's just a matter of the patient engaging in the music, really, isn't it? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, yogi tells some things. Uh, you have problem, you you take some few times for the relaxation, meditation. But in the mind is automatically not possible to is a meditation. This is a big problem. Try to try, try, but his mind not. Uh, well, it takes control. a lot of practice, uh, doesn't no, it? Practice and not control. Uh, your problems is automatically doing working mm-hmm. is running. Mm-hmm. So music is automatic system. Actually, music is an automatic system. Not say doing. Not say you working. Not say you have daily mm-hmm. uh, daily like this is any rules and regulations. Yes. Music only listeners is listening. Mm-hmm. Or listening, you have not listening is automatic listening. This <laughs> <laughs> is not is yeah. very amazing things. So this is problems. Uh, this is I'm treatment some patients. So I'm proper music. Uh, give the CDs by the some uh, using by the hard disk, some earphones listening is, and some. So you put the earphones uh, on uh, so yeah, that yeah, the yeah. patient can listen. And uh, is live is more more nice. So, so it's much yeah, better yeah, to so have live music than it is to have yeah, a CD. Yeah. Suppose this is a, some reduction. Actually, actually, is a, sometimes you have pain. You have doing you like the massage. Massage, massage in the head. But is outside massage is possible for oil and this this, mm-hmm. this, this the treatment. But inside massage is no possible. <laughs> inside massage is music is So music is actually the massage of the brain. Ah, just like the brain <laughs> massage music, like the. Would you use that so that's tempo for? This is massage music. This is always is. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's feel nice. Okay. So it's not necessarily calming music then that you use. It's all types. Until massage, then after it's fresh. Yes. Then you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yes. And so, how long would a normal treatment session last? And how many treatments do you normally give? Actually, is according to the problems, mm-hmm. and some problems is big problems. Then is one month, two months possibility, and some is the little problems. Then is a week and, and just is, two or uh, three sessions. Yes, yes, it's, it's okay. And do, do you often give your music to the patient to do, to work at home, or not? It's much more effective what you said to do it yeah, uh, yes, live. Live is more much, much effective. more effective. But, uh, uh, but daily is live, live is my uh, is a difficulty for the some schedule of the program. So is using then is uh, recordings is better. So you can use uh, recordings yes, to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I know. I use ragas uh, in my yoga class that I do uh, in the states, and uh, I find to do yoga to ragas yeah, yeah. is much more engaging than doing it without yeah. anything. <laughs> There's, there's something about engaging the mind in music yes. that is um, is much more effective mm-hmm. in terms of relaxation than just doing it mm-hmm. on its own, right? <laughs> yes. Now, the, you wouldn't normally use such a, a fast pace of music, would you, for, uh, for therapy? You'd use something much slower, I would imagine. Hi. Play me something that you would normally use in a patient. Yeah, sure. 
is a, normally is a, uh, for the I'm uh, playing for the tonic music. It's for tonic. Tonic music for the uh, every uh, uh, this music is not a patient, but is normally every very uh, given this uh, takes some time uh, listening and uh, some uh, uh, good uh, energetic. Uh, power feeling to bring yeah, energy yeah, high, and high, energy high, to high, the yeah, system. This system. Right. So. Surtis using, uh, you feel. Yes. You feel better. I do. So, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's automatically like. I do. Uh, it's energy. Yes. So like this is this is. It's few an amazing examples. instrument, and I'm just watching you play here. Um, I I I have a relative. My son actually is a classical guitarist, and I'm just comparing the two instruments here, and it's it, there's it frets all the way along the the instrument. And uh, the number of strings, you said there's seven strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only is he playing, the, plucking the string uh, the same way you would do a guitar, but he's, he's actually moving the strings at the same time to give that sort of... Actually, is, is a... Whining sound, yeah, isn't sound it? Yeah, sound is the bending, so it's like... Banding. Yeah. And that, I think, is where the, the vibration, ah, vibration gets yeah, yeah, to yeah, the, yeah, 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 the nervous system. The nervous system and actually is a healing power. Yes, I don't think there could be another instrument that would be quite so effective as the sit out yeah, for what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, actually, is a... Uh, is it is not is, it, is music therapy and some healing power music so many things is including Inclu- sometimes yes. just you know some chemical two type of the medicine making yes. mixing then is like this some some right. swaz and some melody and some give some yes. the beats and many thing mixing then yes. make the other yes. tonic medicines so yes. it's like a many many like the medicine chemicals. I'm using the melodical yes, chemical <laughs> chemicals. So and what, yeah. what strikes me, and I don't know whether you've ever done any work like this, but you know, people who are in a coma, hmm. uh, they say that even though they're in a coma, they can yeah, yeah. still hear. Yeah. I can I can only imagine how effective that this would be yeah. for people who are in in a, a coma or a vegetated state. And how this would stimulate the brain. Yeah, I think there could be some amazing research that could yeah. be done in this area of, yeah, yeah. of what Dr. Acharya is doing. Thank you so much, Dr. Acharya. <laughs> Thank you. This has okay. been so inspiring and interesting. Um, one thing that's always impressed me so much about living and working in India is that... Um, so many exciting things are going on. I was recently in, at a conference in, uh, in Delhi and uh, I met these uh, um, people who were doing work on, with cerebral palsy and uh, they were having amazing results with these children. And of course, being in India, you can have lots and lots of children. I mean, you have, there's no problem with the numbers, but they were getting amazing results 
with just doing massage and just stimulating the nervous system in the same way that Dr. Yeah. Achari is doing. So thank you so much. Thank It you. has been a wonderful thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, interview that we've done today. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. The subject of subtle therapy is a fascinating one, and one, of course, which really doesn't exist in Western medicine. We covered the nadis, chakras, and kundalini in the program on yoga, and you can find videos on According to Ayurveda and Yoga in the Spirituality and Yoga YouTube playlists. They're also on the website at atv.com, and blogs on Spirituality and Yoga are there for your review. There are many subtle therapies, and we have only talked about a few. They indirectly affect the nervous system, the conscious and subconscious mind. Therefore, they are effective for emotional and mental disturbances, from anxiety, stress, worry, to more serious conditions such as depression, autism and schizophrenia. These complaints are all caused by vata disturbance in the mind, And nervous system, and have and I have witnessed amazing results by combining vata pacifying herbs with these therapies, given over a period of time. <clears throat> We talked about shiradharia earlier, and you may see this offered in spas. This treatment will certainly help stress and uh, worry and that sort of thing. But one treatment will not be the same as a course of treatment prescribed by an Ayurvedic physician to address something like autism or schizophrenia, where a series of treatments combined with other therapies will be necessary. Treatments are individualized in Ayurveda and in different frame times. Two people with exactly the same condition age, sex, etc., and the same degree of illness would each have a customized treatment and it could be entirely different. A lot depends on the patient's degree of participation and surrender and, of course, a belief in the treatment itself. The therapist also makes a big difference. One therapist might be perfect for one person but no good at all for another These treatments are very subjective and difficult, in fact impossible to fit into a modern medicine model. Insurance companies are now reimbursing for some subtle therapies and they may approve for a certain number of treatments, but it is impossible to predict how much treatment and for how long will be required for an individual. It is so subjective. This is why I believe that natural therapies should have a different system of reimbursement. Marma therapy discussed earlier goes back in India thousands and thousands of years. Warriors in Kerala recognize the significance of marma points because a person can be killed by injuring a marma and pressure on certain points can cause paralysis. This always makes me think about surgery, which doesn't take into consideration these points at all, and they will be damaged when an invasive procedure is performed. There does need to be a lot more research into the importance and power of subtle energies of the body, which have been recognized in Eastern medicine for thousands of years. I know that in parts of China they use acupuncture, as anesthesia for surgery, even in brain surgery, and the patient is conscious throughout and can go home the next day. It just goes to show that the main recovery from surgery is from drugs and not so much from the procedure itself. I don't know much about Reiki except to know it is a growing in popularity in the West, and it too affects subtle energies. In India, mantra therapy is still being practiced. Mantra is a Sanskrit chant, and there are, I think, around 180 chants for various diseases. This show is number 13 in this series of programs on According to Ayurveda where we have covered the basics. 
We started with discussing the energies of the five elements, ether, or space, air, fire, water, and earth, and how these energy forces affect the body as vata, pitta, and kapha. With Dr. Satyanarayana Das, we discuss the mind and its qualities, sattva, rajas, and tamas. Dr. Ravindranath, my guest, talked about spirituality, and we discuss yoga and its real meaning with Acharya Harish Mohan. These five programs lay the groundwork for understanding Ayurveda with supplementary videos and blogs available on atatv.com. This information is not intended as a basis for a career in Ayurveda, but for using these principles in managing health effectively. Jeff Lawton, a permaculture expert, opened my eyes anyway on the unsustainability of modern farming practices and how we must work together to bring the soils of the earth back to their natural state, not only for the sake of the environment, but for the sake of our health and other living beings. In the program Food as Medicine, K.P. Kalsar gave us all the information we need on food by managing the tastes and by eating a wide variety of fresh fruits and vegetables, nuts, dried fruits, grains and legumes. We must also include digestive spices, oils, butter, ghee and a low consumption of animal protein. My guest Tara Raphael discussed women's health. Changes in the female body must be allowed to occur naturally, otherwise imbalances happen, which eventually develop into disease. And likewise in childbirth, also a natural process, which will ensure the health of mother and baby. All these processes should be supported naturally when at all possible. Dr. Jaya Davies' recent book, was an inspiration for women to value their feminine power and not to be manipulated by the media, peer pressure and male domination. Women are the first gurus and we have more power to influence the world by being women than by using our male characteristics. Ageing and death are also natural processes. Time and tide wait for no man. All the seasons in life are precious, and we are to call if we are to call ourselves free, we need to be able to express our inner selves and contribute our strengths. The voice of aging is the voice of wisdom, and society needs to listen. Melanie Sachs joined us with her expertise on beauty where modern-day living and its effect on inner and outer beauty were all discussed. In this program, we touched on the vast subject of subtle therapies with my two guests, Sonia Masoko and Dr. Jame and I, and I do hope that because of the knowledge gained from earlier programs, that you have a better understanding of how subtle therapies work. Ayurveda and its principles touch on every aspect of life on earth and there are so many subjects that I want to cover. Men's health, weight control, children and youth, cancer, birth and death. We need to continue with Dr. Johan's discussion on home remedies. I want to have a program on herbs as medicine, chronic, chronic diseases and a further discussion on the topics we've already discussed. It is important that an interested public have accurate information and know that there is a place where they can go to to find it. There are many natural medicines and therapies. Nowadays, naturopathy, neurotherapy, homeopathy, and they all are very valuable. Also, Chinese medicine, which of course is very similar to Ayurveda, except that they don't recognize the ether element which of course is spirituality. Ayurveda is the mother of all medicine because it explains nature and the human connection to it. 
So Ayurveda, the science of life, is the basis of all medicine. Kerala in India opened my eyes to the amazing Ayurvedic knowledge of plants. There are volumes and volumes written on botanical plants and their medicinal value. In fact, I was told that every plant on earth has a medicinal value of some, some sort. Maybe not for humans, but for animals, birds or fish, insects and so on. And when I visited a grower in India, they aren't tidy little nurseries or plants aren't lined up in tidy little rows. They're scraggly plants, vines and a lot of stuff that looks like weeds all mixed together. But the growers all know what their value is. There are thousands of medicinal plants in India, but there must be the same wherever that life exists on earth. And with all the apparent education and knowledge that we have in the West and money that which goes into research, how come we don't have volumes and volumes on the medicinal value of the weeds and plants that we have? One of my colleagues has a concept of community medicinal gardens where food is grown along with medicinal plants. Another Ayurvedic friend has a patch in her garden where she grows weeds, which she picks through every day and puts into her smoothies. Apparently, a town in Germany has dug up all the ornamental plants and replaced them with vegetables and fruits, and they are free for everyone to take. Roses should be there for us to make rose water. Rose hips are very high in vitamin C, but if they are sprayed and genetically modified and the soil is useless, then neither the ornamental plants or the food is going to be of any use to us on this earth. Only nature can feed us and prevent disease, not Safeway or Monsanto. These shows have been an experiment for me and apparently there has been an unprecedented interest in them. People want to know. We can all see what's going on. However, I can't afford to produce these shows on my own anymore, run and develop the website, so I'm inviting listeners to help me. I need website, technical and administrative help and donations to keep the shows going. Please email anneholiday at com or donate under payments at the website. I would certainly appreciate it. So there's only one thing left to do, and that is to laugh. (laughs) Oh, bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Be sure to join Ann Holiday again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about Ann, our radio program, and supplemental information about what you've heard today, please visit the website ataytv.com. Until our next program, wishing you health and happiness. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 